0: streets had shifted in the past two weeks. First, it had been rosy-cheeked English lads in freshly pressed uniforms, like her little brother Georgie, jostling and joking with one another and boasting about how they'd go and teach the Krauts a lesson for invading poor little Belgium. Then they had vanished, to be replaced with bedraggled refugees from poor little Belgium... Women and children who had escaped with only the clothes on their back. Men who stood about with their hands in their pockets, or reading the papers with perpetual scowls. Willa turned the corner, trying to identify the newcomers by sight. Sometimes it was possible when they wore the country garb they'd fled their little communes in. Not so much when they were dressed like everyone else in the city— until they opened their mouths and either Flemish or French spilled out. Was it wrong of her to wish those English lads were here instead? Or Georgie, anyway? She missed his jests, his perpetual stretching of their family's rules. The army would either straighten him out or crush him when he refused to be straightened. Either way, he wouldn't come home the same person he'd left as, Either way, it deserved some mourning. She checked the street and crossed in front of a slow-moving wagon that was making motorists honk their horns and wave their fists. Not even a month officially at war, and already everything was changing. She could only hope it would be over as soon as the papers were predicting. A few months, they said, like the Boer War. That was all it would take. Mr. V said otherwise. She turned into the little park where she was scheduled to meet him and breathed easy when she saw the bench unoccupied. No nondescript bowler hat, no careful grey suit, no placid blue eyes that seemed to see into the shadows of the past and future with equal terrifying skill. But he paid well. She could deal with a bit of fearsome omniscience if it carried ample pound notes along with it. Her bench was damp, so she pulled a hanky from her handbag and swiped a spot dry before sitting. Then she stuffed the masking white square back in, over top the wallet she'd slipped out of a gent's pocket an hour before, while he stood there spouting off at some poor street rat for not shining his shoes properly served the lout right to be robbed and she'd slipped the shoeshine boy one of the bills after the rich bloke blustered off since he'd refused to pay the poor lad street rats had to stick together well good day pretty villa forsyth the voice laced with flemish and increasingly familiar brought her head around and her heart rate up Not at the handsome face that greeted her with a smile full of even white teeth. At the fact that he was here now when Mr. V also would be soon. Cor Ackerman. She forced a smile for her new Belgian neighbor. Her landlady had announced to them, all not a fortnight ago, that she'd be doing her bit for brave little Belgium and taking in a few refugees. This one was trouble. She'd known it the moment he doffed his cap and grinned at her like he was doing now. The kind of grin that said he intended to make the most of his tenure in England, and that his most would involve charming some English lass into a compromising position. Willa had never much cared for charm, and didn't trust any man who called her pretty. But she was in less danger of sliding into stupidity than, say, her actually pretty little sister Eleanor. So better he keep his attention on her. He motioned to the bench beside her. May I? Cor Ackerman was trouble, no question. But she liked him nonetheless. She darted a glance over her shoulder. Perhaps for a moment, but I'm afraid I'm meeting someone. My employer she added. The last thing she needed was him thinking it was a beau she was meeting and deciding to take it as a challenge. He sat heedless of the moisture on the bench and flashed that grin again. I will not keep you long, but I could not pass up a chance to talk with the prettiest